Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, what do you got there? This is the new Ping G430 Max 10K driver. It's next level. I'll tell you, it's so impressive. We all know that Ping help you play your best. I've been using them for years. I wouldn't use anything else. In fact, this new driver, it's Ping's straightest and highest moment of impact driver ever. Holy moly. So on the course, what's that going to mean? How's it going to help golfers? Well, to put it simply, it means people are going to be hitting longer, straighter, and they're going to absolutely crack their drives off the tee. I could talk about it all day. It's that good. But the best thing to do if you want to check out how impressive Ping's new G430 Max 10K driver is, just book in with your local golf shop or professional to arrange a Ping club fitting, and I'll see you out there with my Ping gear. It's week 42 of the golfing calendar, and Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen are looking forward to talking birdie. Thanks to Ping, they'll help you play your best. Contact your local golf shop or professional to arrange a Ping club fitting. And the Golf Clearance Outlet, who beat everyone's prices. Now, former world number 16, Nick O'Hearn, and 15-year tour pro, Mark Allen. This is the number one Australian golf podcast, Talk Birdie to Me. Tributes are being paid to one of the voices of golf, Ivor Robson, after the iconic golf starter died at the age of 83. Robson was the official starter at the Open for 41 years, introducing the world's greatest players up until his retirement in November 2015. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the final game of the DP World Tour Championship 2015. On the tee from Northern Ireland, Rory McIlroy. On the tee, talk birdie to me. Nice to see everybody. And rest in peace, Ivor Robson. What a a wonderful starter, the most famous golf starter in the history of the game. He was. How many years did he do it for, can you? 150. <laughs> he, he was there forever, forever and ever and ever. And he was a terrific fella. And Did he do any events where yeah. you played? I, I, just, I played in one open. And yeah, yeah I got, when he said my name, it was, it was, it's pretty uh, cool, it was a treat. It? Yeah. yeah, it was a treat. Yeah, he used to do all the big ones in Europe, uh, <laughs> the one at Wentworth. And oh, did Volvo. he? I don't know if he did the Volvo Masters in uh, Spain, which was their tour championship, but uh, all the opens. He, he was a legend. I think I remember you saying on a previous podcast, Mark, that yeah. when he introed you you felt quite nervous just hearing him even say yeah, your name mm. yeah i did i did because it was real yeah when yeah. i heard my name it was real here i am on the tee and i just popcorn rotten shot out to the right it was horrible <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, a lovely guy too he, was, yeah. he used to calm your nerves and everything he was great yeah, yeah. He, he was he was terrific hardly ever took a toilet break either what he was there for like what 10 hours yeah. or 12 hours in an open championship on the first tee and i i, I heard the rumor was he never took a toilet break I don't know how he kept it in. God, I love stories like this. It's incredible. <laughs> stories that just make you go, wow, <laughs> are little, you kidding me? I don't Ten know if he had a secret secret compartment underneath the uh, underneath, oh, hang on. underneath the desk. Who <laughs> you, knows? You can't say that about <laughs> either. Oh, sorry. Jeez. Not even in the starter breaks, you know, because there's a couple of tea times yeah. that they call a starter Maybe break. Maybe he did go. I don't know. So. He must have snuck off. That's the stories I heard. 
Because you, you're drinking all that Schweppes lemonade. Do you know what they've got the, <laughs> the, the British Ale, the Schweppes drinks where you mix them up? Anyway, yeah. hey, busy across the road. I, I, I mean, we're here at Australian Golf Headquarters, but across the road is Royal Melbourne Golf Club. Mm. Flags are up. The Asia-Pacific Amateur Championship's in town. Correct, yeah. And it's busy here, by the way, Golf Headquarters. I've found it hard to find a yeah. car park. Oh. It was incredible. Shockers. Yeah. Golf Shockers. at the moment here in Australia is flat-out booming. But you're right about across the road. Um, this coming week, what is it, in a couple of days? Starts Thursday? I think it starts Thursday. Thursday, yeah. yeah. Because we had the winner last year, didn't we? Was it Harrison Crow? Harrison Crow. In Thailand. That is that is correct. Yeah. Uh, and, and that got him into the Open and the Masters. Yes, and now he's turned pro just recently. Yeah. And we've been watching him on the telly. Exactly. But the other good news was uh, Australia secured a silver medal at the Eisenhower Trophy. First time they've been on the podium since when 2016. You, when did you see that news? I just saw it a moment ago. Are you kidding me? No, they're over in Abu Dhabi. Well, that is sensational mm. because that is... You know, in Australia, we didn't have the Walker Cup, did we? So you, no, that's the true. The Walker Cup was the Great Britain and Ireland team that plays America. And that's the holy grail of amateur golf uh, over there. But if you're a male playing in uh, in Australia or New Zealand, the holy grail is the Eisenhower, the Eisenhower. Cup. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And it's absolutely brilliant if we've come second. Got Fan- a silver medal. Fantastic effort. Yeah, I think it was Jack Buchanan, Jeffrey Guan, and Carl Phillips. Jeffrey Guan. Mm. That's you uh, and Porter's love child. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> correct. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Uh, brilliant. That is really, really good. I, I'm, I'm very happy. Where do the girls play? The, the Espedo, the, uh, I reckon they play next week. There's one after the other. Yes. I'm sure they do it. It's one after the other. Okay. So hopefully we um, we do well there as well. Um, Eastern Clubhouse, the mm-hmm. Eastern Golf Club Clubhouse. We uh, mentioned it last week. It was the first thing on the news last week yep. after we left this studio. I got home and then whoosh, there it was, up in smoke. Um, I, I know most of the golf clubs in this town. Uh, now make your, uh, your lithium battery it goes home with you. <laughs> yes. No more charging in the pro shop or in the clubhouse. Because that's what happened there yeah. was one of the members' buggies' batteries exploded and started the fire. I was only there a month ago, and I was so impressed by the clubhouse. Very yeah. American-styled. Yeah. I mean, it's a Greg Norman design course. Yeah. But the clubhouse, they have the comfiest chairs in there, and unfortunately, they're all gone. After a round of golf at Easton, you actually couldn't get out of your chair. Mm. They were so comfortable. <laughs> I agree yeah. with you. They were just, it was incredible. Yeah, fireplace and everything. Yeah, it was magic. Uh, what a shame. Mm. Um, you mentioned golf is booming. Uh, there's a mini war on golf at the moment as well. It looks like our Oakley public is in a bit of strife. Uh, in Sydney, Moore Park, it has mm-hmm. been announced that they're just going to take nine holes. Um, I heard Chris Minns, the Premier, speak about this, and you know, obviously there is a real need for more homes. But I, when I think of Sydney, I, I just think of those huge parks where people ride their horses and do all kinds of things. I think they're going to take nine holes. They're going to be soccer grounds. It's going to be some mm. cricket grounds. So I understand you've got to do this, but what? I, I guess I don't know the landscape well enough to really have an opinion on this one because at least they're not taking it away completely. At least you've still got nine holes to Is play. Is that what they're doing? Taking nine? You've still got mm. nine holes to play. You've still got the busiest driving range uh, almost in Australia, I imagine. So golf will still be in the region. But gee, it does break your heart when a golf course like that just loses nine holes. Yeah, well, just across the road, they've got Centennial Park, I think it is, and that is one of the yep. biggest parks going. That so is, that is the biggest park you could ever yeah. imagine, ever. I, I used to stay next to that. Some friends of mine had a house there, and uh, whenever the Aussie Open was in Sydney, I used to stay there. 
go for a walk and go for a walk yep. around the parks yep. and it was magic and then you had more park across the road so that's I guess, right i guess they need more space or less space sorry they want to put houses in well look the, the, the city lord mayor she's been pushing for a long long time and she's been getting a lot of people offside for a long time uh, and in the interview that i heard this morning of chris mins uh, talking on 2gb uh, he did say at the start that the lord mayor he hadn't spoken to her but then that, a phone call was made to Ben Fordham, and all of a sudden, uh, the the premier's people said, "No, no, no, we have spoken to the Lord Mayor." <laughs> so mm. there's there's an element of, "Gee, I hope you're not trying to pull the wool over people's eyes about all this." And why wouldn't you just be up front and show the plans and just show everything? Uh, Moore Park still believes that they weren't really given enough notice. You know, if you do it properly, it's it's not as bad as if you do it the wrong way around. Now. I'm only assuming mm. the wrong way around because I've been I've only heard one side of the argument that was the board the Ben Fordham two GB interview. But yeah, when you see everything that's going on and there's so much green space in a lot of our towns, like so much more than other countries, yeah. it is sad to see a golf course get halved. And the thing about public golf courses is that's how basically most people start that's playing you, the game. That's and how you start. That's how you get into this game and, in, and have lifelong friends. Yep. It's mental health. It's yep. maybe you make a career out of it. Who yep. knows? Yeah. So. Grandpa or grandma take you down when you're a little kid and you hold a club and you whack yep. the ball around. You either fall in love with it or you don't. But that's the story. Mm. That's what happens in golf. Well, Oakley have been uh, publicising a whole range of photos uh, to try and really make their case. And there's been a lot of photos of, of mums with a, with a kid or dad with a kid or... Yeah. Yeah, some some people uh, with with disabilities, yeah. and it's like you look at it, and go, wow, it's just so. If that go, if Oakley goes, that's really sad. Well, that's mm. that's the one. It's when you when you actually lose golf. So at least Moore Park, you still got golf, and you got this amazing driving range. You'll still have a very good golf course, but golf's still there. But for Oakley, just to lose golf, you got to go, you know, three or four suburbs away, whatever it mm. might be. The locals lose an asset. What I'm really disappointed about with Oakley is the numbers that they have said to fix the golf course is $20 million to fix the golf course. Now, you and I, Nick, we, <laughs> we know that is an absolute outrageous number. That's... Huntingdale Golf Club, who have built a brand new state-of-the-art clubhouse, $8 bucks, and they're about to turn their golf course inside out, $12 million. So that's, tw that's, that's $20 million worth mm. right there. For a much larger property, I'm assuming. For 120 acres... And a championship rebuild plus the best clubhouse you could ever imagine. Mm. That's twenty. That's what you get for twenty million, not just to make the Oakley Little Nine Hole up, the shortest <laughs> golf course in Australia. To get that up to date, I mean, all you really need to do is get the, um, you know, uh, what do you call it, the wood chipper, the wood chipper, and, and and get rid of some of the trees, clean up some of the trees, you mm -hmm. know, take them down, just clean up some of the trees, clean up a few tees that probably need done. The clubhouse. All it needs is just a facelift. We don't need a new clubhouse. We just need it tidied up a little bit. Yeah, okay. I reckon you could do the whole lot for $100,000. <laughs> and they've quoted $20 million. $20 million. Wow. I mean, that's just, to me, the fix is in. The budgets in this state yeah. are, uh, yeah, we won't go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> anyway, I've had enough. Hey, let, hey. Let's, let's, let's talk about Minji Lee. Let's and talk what, what a wonderful win she's just had. Yeah, another incredible victory. That's her second win in three starts. Defeated Alison Lee in a playoff. She was playing up uh, at the LPGA BMW Ladies Championship mm. in South Korea. Bit of a, 
I guess not a hometown win for it, but her parents are from Korea. They yeah. obviously grew up in Perth, uh, Western Australia. But her and her brother at the moment are just setting the golf world on fire. They become the first brother-sister duo to win back-to-back weeks on any major tour in the world. I actually don't know whether a brother and sister duo have ever won tournaments no. in, in years, you know, I, all around the world. So I know the, the Duvals have won in the same week. The Duvals. So David Duval's dad oh, okay. won on the Champions Tour the same week that yeah. David Duval won on the PGA Tour. Mm-hmm. But I've never heard of a brother yeah. or sister winning. You might have had brother before. brother with the Rasmus, but I don't think they won in back-to-back weeks. But uh, No, they, they won close, but not back-to-back With the Hoygaards. Yeah, yeah maybe back-to-back months. The only, the only people <laughs> I could think who would have a chance would be Lexi Thompson and her brother Nicholas, but he, he hasn't been uh, on the major PGA no. Tour for a long, long time. No. Um, but a great win from her and, and, and the way she did it as well. She yeah. actually had a chance on about the 17th hole to close it out, like get a two-stroke lead, but she three-putted for par on a par five. And then Alison Lee birdied the final two holes to force the playoff. And on the final hole of regulation, Minji hit an exquisite chip, mm. almost holes it, makes the par, goes into the playoff, and then stiffs one on the last and rolls it in beautifully for birdie. So and a great one, win. It was one of those birdie putts too. She knew it was in halfway. Mm. You know, it was, only, it was only about a three or four foot putt. Yeah. But still, as soon as you hit it, you could see the you relief yeah. The relief in her posture. Yeah. You know, you, you, she didn't come out of the putt or anything, <laughs> but you could see, oh, this is in. Yes. This is going right in the middle. Beautiful. Yeah. And she becomes the third Australian to win at least 10 tournaments on the LPGA Tour. Who do you think the other two are? Well, this should one be obvious. easy, right? This should be easy. Yes. Uh, and one of it is our course who, who's won uh, seven majors, has Correct. won more majors than anybody else uh, in Australian golf. Kari Webb. Kari Webb. Yes. And I'm, I'm going to say, uh, um, oh, old, old, old ages ago? Oh, a while ago. But not really old. Okay. But no. I was going to say Jan Stevenson. Yes, there you go. There you go. Jan. Okay. Jan. <laughs> and then, of course, she's very famous for her calendars. Calendars. And yes. the calendars used to say, Dan, play around with me. <laughs> mm. And But, you know, she was doing some great yeah. stuff. Jan's a lovely lady. I've, she's I've met really Jan. nice. I've really met nice. Jan quite a few times, interviewed Jan a few. She is a golf ambassador like no other. Mm. She really looks after kids uh, where she stays and lives at the moment. Um, and, you know, she got a lot of people into golf. A lot of ladies who were curious about playing golf, Jan Stevenson made it happen for them. Yeah. Jan and Kari, clearly megastars, megastars. Yeah. Yeah. Minji Lee's very young. Now, if she continues on this trajectory and continues to perform at the level yeah. she's performing at, could she be potentially one of our, or maybe, our greatest female golfer? Well, look, Jan Stevenson, what did she win? One or two majors? I think she won, well, she definitely won one. Yeah, she won a US Open. I'll look it up. Yeah, we'll look it yeah, up. Yeah, we'll look it up. Uh, and we know that uh, Kari won seven. So if she gets anywhere near it, you know, if she gets if she wins four majors, how many has she won now? She's won two I think she's won majors two. or three. Oh, she won uh, the Evian. Yeah. And she won a US Open. Yeah. Um, I reckon. I have to look that one up as well. The, well, you've got a bit of homework <laughs> to do. You, you've I'm got typing as fast of, as I can here, mate. You, you type, I'll talk. Okay. So <laughs> the, the way she swings the club and to get to 10 victories reasonably quickly, it, it's. It's spectacular. And, and just to give you some scope, someone like Greg Norman, he only won 20 times on the PGA Tour. Like she's halfway there and made you know, a quarter of the noise that Greg did. Greg, Greg, Greg played, he, he was an amazing player. Greg, he never played a 30, C, a 30 tournament season 
in his life. He played like the bare minimum. And I think the bare mm. minimum used to be he had to play 13 events or 14 events or something like that. He'd play 13, 14 or 15 events and that was it. Yep. And then he, we were lucky he'd come back and play in Australia. He was getting, he's getting made to come back and play for Australia, but it doesn't matter. He came back and played in Australia, which was great. So Minji has two, US yep. Open and the Evian, as I mentioned. Yep. Jan has three. Three? The US Open, P- US PGA, and what was known as the Demoria, which I think turned into, what was it, the ANA? Yeah, 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 that that's sort it. of thing. Because there's five majors in the women's game. And and those majors have been shuffling. I mean, a little bit around, they, yeah. they shuffle all over the place. But if you start the week and they say it's a major, hey, it's, it's a, major, a major, and that's what we're playing for. That's right. So, so you got Curry Jan- has seven. Curry's got seven. Jan's got three. Minji has two. Minji's got two. She's definitely got several more in her. Well, what's your prediction? I'm, I'm going to say six. Yeah, I would say five or six. Yeah, I'm so it's going to be a big ask to get past yep. Carrie Webb yep. as the best female golfer, but it's certainly in there. And is that a Hall of Fame career already? Oh. Two majors and ten wins on the LPGA Tour? It would have to be. It, it would have to be. Yeah, it, it would must have be to close. Be. I know they do a point system, um, but I don't think she'd be there yet, but I think at the end of the career, for sure, yeah. that would be. Yep. Righto. Yeah, um, a great result. Yeah, very good. Uh, while we're talking about the golf too, just mm. quickly, uh, Richard Green, I know you're going to in there. He lost in the playoff. Mm. He was desperately unlucky. We'll talk about that we uh, in the yep. Ping Global results a little bit later. But I want to talk to you about Liv. Yeah. Clearly, their best week is this team's championship. Yep. Number uh, one on the calendar, that one. By, by a mile. I, I watched it on... What was it? Uh, must have been Saturday morning. There was nobody there. I watched it. <laughs> I watched the highlights today, just on uh, you know yep. social media. It was packed. Yes. So how can a tournament go from nothing to an enormous crowd? Were they uh, only selling tickets on Sunday or something? Uh, I guess people are working on Friday. Who knows? Because that was if you're watching a Saturday morning here, that's Friday their yeah. time. So it's part of the work week. But, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I was watching it when um, the Rippers got knocked out again. Yeah. They've had a bad year. Yeah. The so it's it's tough. But they changed formats. So the first the first yeah. couple of days were two singles match plays. Yeah. And then a team like a four ball best ball. So yeah. all four players play, but there's two singles and then one football best ball. Yeah, I think they played the shot two. there at one stage as well. They they really did mix it up. Yeah, did I they? saw, I oh, saw okay. an shot. Yeah, all oh, right, for sure. Yeah, but Rippers uh, they lost to the Cleeks, yeah. unfortunately in the first round. <laughs> who played? Uh, I, I Cam never Smith know who won. Plays for who? Smith beat Kymer on the 19th. Yeah. Richard Bland beat Leash four and three, and then McDowell, Graham McDowell, and Bernd Viesberger beat uh, Matt Jones and Jed yeah. Morgan on the 21st. That was an actual. That, that was I saw a that really one. good match. Yeah, I saw that one. I think Viesberger hold a nice bunker shot to keep it going. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so tell me this. The reason I'm, I'm bringing it up, um, teams have worked well for Liv. Mm. We know the Ryder Cup and the President's Cups, they're enormous. Do you reckon the PGA Tour would be bold enough to have a team week at some stage in their future? Or do you think that Liv Golf is that vehicle if they can ever agree to a, agree? <laughs> well... They've kind of answered it in a little bit of a way with this new ch- uh, TGL, which is going to be the Monday night golf Monday league. Monday night golf league, the, yeah. the, the Tiger Woods, Rory McIlroy-led thing where they're going to have teams. And I just heard Minwoo Lee signed up for one of the teams yep. as well. So yep. he's going Good to be included. Um, in their regular schedule, I don't see it happening. The only thing they have in some way, shape or form similar is the one in New Orleans where they play the two-man teams. Yeah. Uh, then they have walk-on music, the whole deal. So yeah. it's a bit livish in that regard. But, um, yeah, I'm not sure part of the regular. I think it'll be a separate 
yep. thing if it does happen in those in those off weeks. But um, look, it, it was it was kind of fun to watch the end result. The yep. Crushers ended up winning, which yep. is uh, Bryson DeChambeau's team. Who's that, Casey? Uh, Lahiri, Lahiri, Charlie Howell the yeah. third, and Bryson Lahiri carried him actually in the yeah. final final day. So the top four teams make it through to the final, and then yeah. it's stroke play. So all four scores count. So yeah. you can't have any extra baggage here. They've all yeah. got to play. Casey actually hasn't had a very good season, no. and, and he shot one over in this. And but Lahiri shot seven under, Bryson shot five under, and then the other guys were around level or one over. Yeah. I've got a dirty little secret about Lahiri. Okay. I love oh. watching him play. Oh, okay. For a second there. <laughs> what do you think I was going to do? Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, love watching... He is good. Lahiri good. play. I think he's Handsy. just so good to watch. Yeah. That little pause at the top and the club slips online so early yeah. and the way he gets around, he's got this Indian arrogance that I kind of like about him. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. He, he ticks lots of boxes for me for some reason. Yeah. He's the best putter. I just love watching this guy putt. Was he using the blade, you know, the old yeah. uh, Wilson style? Yeah, he's using some kind of something. weird. It's, it's yeah. something weird. The heel shaft. Yeah. The heel shaft. Yeah, okay. I, I just love what he does. Yeah. I know that we spoke to Gavin Kirkman on the telly last week at the WA PGA Championship. Um, and he said that all's going along swimmingly. I believe him. Okay. All right. I believe him. But I have heard that it's not. All right, so I'm going to believe Gav. Yep. Gavin, if you happen to be listening, and I know you do, you listen every week, the CEO of the PGA of Australia, I believe you. Did you tap your sauce? But I have heard that no <laughs> one's talking. Nobody's talking. Really? At the top. Okay. It has broken down. So I'm going to trust Gavin, but I'm just going to leave that on the shelf. All right, it's just going to sit there okay. just for a little bit. Um, I might tell you at our little nine hole break okay. who told me. All right. Because it's not my source. Okay. So we're it's talking. Not, it's not Scheffler's brother in law. This is the Piff. From Dallas. This is all to do with the Piff this deal. This is everything. Okay. I'll tell you in the break. All right. But I'll, I'll see you on the 10th tee. All right. Sounds good. So grab yourself a Coca Cola or something. All right. No, you don't drink Coke, do you? Get uh, yourself a, some green juice crazy drink and I'll <laughs> see you on the 10th tee. <laughs> not ours. That's really important. It's easy to use. You can set up your profile very quickly. I've done mine. And start accessing data and subscriber-only content straight away. Hmm. Who's it aimed at? Well, it's aimed at people who want to improve their game. It's for all levels of every golfer out there, particularly powerful if you're a mid to low handicapper. But it's great for the elite level and pros as well. So elite and pros as well. I like that. Watch my numbers, download it from the App Store and turn your bogeys in the birdies. Like the podcast? 
Oh, maybe tell a friend. Drop them a text or share it on your socials. This is Talk Birdie to Me with Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen. Jeez, I just said a lamington at the halfway house. How good are they? You like lamingtons? Oh, mate. Yeah. I'm not a, not a lamington guy. Don't Sorry. You? No. Don't know why. Never the been. What's wrong with I you? I think it's the coconut that gets me. <laughs> the lamington at a halfway house, one of the greatest golf <laughs> snacks in the history of the game. Lamingtons are great. Yeah. Okay. My bad. Sorry. Yeah, you've got a problem. Hey, uh, can I just. Uh, Throw a theory at you with Live Golf and okay. trying to agree to agree. I, I think the world rankings not going there is a headache for everyone, oh, PGA Tour and Live. It's a it's a it's a bigger deal than we're probably giving it credit for. But my theory is, if the PGA Tour could get something from the majors, and they said, okay, we want the top five players. And we want to send you Lib's top five players. They're exempt. The top five who aren't already exempt into the majors, we want a little special little place for them. If they could get that done, we're away. Hmm. If they can't get that done, there's going to be a big issue. Well, the world ranking points has always been the sticking point. Yeah. And from the get-go, we've known at some stage that's going to hmm. – once yep. the years roll on, guys are going to fall well out. Bryson DeChambeau, we spoke about last week, he's yeah. now outside the top 100 and he's playing some of the best yeah. golf in the world, you would think. Yeah. So that's that's theory A. My question, okay. question A, you, would the majors go for that? Would Augusta, the Open Championship, <laughs> the PGA Championship? It's a good question. And the US Open, would they go for it? Would they say, well, it's just five? And we are going to get some pretty good players. We want the best players playing in the majors. I think they would. I think they would. I reckon that bridge could be crossed. Mm. Yeah, because it is separate to the PGA Tour, to yeah. Yeah. European Tour, although they do yeah. sit on the board of the yeah. world rankings and, it's just and everything. Five. It's just yeah. five. So you might already have Smith and Kepka and uh, DJ in your major, but you'll just get five others. Mm. That's it. Well, I don't think that's enough. I don't, so I don't, if I'm a young player, that's not a big enough carrot for me to go from the PGA Tour to live. Mm -hmm. But well, it the, might be okay to... Would, would the $50 million guaranteed be a big enough carrot? That would be a big <laughs> enough carrot. That would be, that would be a on. big enough carrot. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a question for you guys. You are talking before about New Orleans and the, and the play on music house like live and so on and so yeah, forth. Yeah, yeah. Hypothetical. You guys are playing a tournament uh, you know, tomorrow. You need a play on song for each of you. What's your play on song? What's yours, Nick? What do you what do you walk it? What do you walk it onto the onto the first tee? With? Well, you need some right, excitement. Well, I'm, I'm gonna fight it off. By, I'm, I, gonna play uh, it. I'm, I'm gonna play it. I, I'm a big REM guy. I love their stuff, but it's really not real for the first tee. I think I'm gonna go to my Aussie roots here. In excess, new sensation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, very nice. What do you think? Yeah, very yeah, nice. That'd be good. What would yours be, Mark? Uh, oh God, I just I like the walk out of this bike. What's that? Oh, okay. We got that's a hotline. All right, I'll play the song after the whoever yep. the hell this is. Okay, Who is right. it? Right. Well, I don't know. It's a hotline. Hang on, let's find out. Hello, talk buddy to me hotline. Hello, it's Drew Dublin here from WA. Uh, my old caddy, <laughs> Drew Dublin. What a surprise, Drew. Hey, Drew. How you going, mate? Hello, all. How are you going? Uh, I'm well, mate. Have you put anyone in handcuffs today? No, no, no. Working until this afternoon, and I uh, thought I'd give you guys a call, make sure you're behaving. Of course we are, Drew. Of course we are. For, for those who don't know, Drew was my caddy for a long, long time, but he was also my friend for a long, long time. 
Um, was your friend? Yeah, well, I don't see him very much anymore. Oh, okay, all right. I hardly, I hardly <laughs> see him anymore. Uh, but when we were uh, at the, doing the tournament at Joondalup, he kept on sending me a message saying, make sure you tell him that I was the, the 2009 and 2010 club, club champion. <laughs> oh, my God. Let me get myself in there every now and then. Yeah, well, that's good. Now, why, why, why have you got access to our hotline? That's what I want to know. Oh, I just thought I'd share a few little stories uh, to the viewers out there in relation to yourself and Nick. Okay. okay. So on Nick, Ooh. this is good. Yeah, I, well, I used to play a bit of golf with Drew back in the day. Did so you? go on okay. then. I spent a little, uh, few games of golf with Nick in the junior days, and he's a bit of a quiet achiever, kind of flew under the radar a little bit, so obviously, boom. Every sense. year we play a, a little match play kind of interstate series lead up with the WA Pros versus the state team, and uh, it was mainly for pride, you know, which was a bit of practice and that. And uh, I think it was about 96 I got paired up against Nick and uh, we played at Royal Perth Golf Club and I kind of towered him up a little bit. <laughs> win. Yeah, I, was, I couldn't break 80 at that point. It wasn't hard. <laughs> well, it, it was quite funny because then we, we sat down at lunch and it was kind of like it was all for fun and, you know, it was just a little bit of practice. And with confidence, I kind of sat there and said to Nick, uh, so what are you going to do with your life? And, uh, <laughs> yeah. And Nick turned around to me and said, well, I've been working hard on my game and I'm, I'm going to go out and get my uh, Australasian tour card. And I was a little bit like, oh, yeah, well, good luck with that. And then, uh, <laughs> in my head, I was going to go, well, in my head, I was saying to myself, this guy's going to go broke. He's better off just going selling Mars bars and T-shirts. But uh, he proved me wrong, didn't he? Yes, he did. Uh, Got the very, number 16 in the world, Nick. Yes. Very good. Unbelievable and, performance. And Drew was probably thinking, geez, if he can do it, maybe I can. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I learned a big lesson from you, Nick, that day. Marco, question for you. Uh, is Drew the bloke who you were talking about on the Couple of Blokes, Couple of Beers podcast whose dad got drunk yeah. with you in Perth? Yeah, no, his dad was caddying for me Drew. when I shot that record. Uh, yes, that's exactly right. Mm. And, uh, and and poor old uh, dad's, uh, Drew's dad it passed on. Trev passed on just recently, didn't he? Yeah, he passed on in uh, April this year. Oh, yeah. so, but Very he sad. had so many, so many good stories. You know, we'd, every now and then we'd, we'd share a story about Mark and, and Cadding. And dad caddied quite a bit for Glenn Joyner as well. So there's some good stories there. That was a beauty. Yeah, and the other one was uh, Drew. We, we were going to win the New Zealand Open. Drew and I. We were going to win it together. Yes. And can you remember that? Can you remember what the t the bloke on the first tee did on the third round? Oh. Can you remember that? Can you re can you remember that? Never won a golf tournament in his life. He's never won. A, he's never been in this position in his life. Let's see if he can hold it together. <laughs> From Victoria, Mark Allen. It, it? I, I, I remember looking at you, Drew, and then I was looking at Michael Campbell, and Michael Campbell, had he just didn't know where to look when, when this bloke was saying that. And I was the same. I was just thinking, I just hope Mark didn't hear that. I just get off. <laughs> but he said it, and there's probably, I don't know, felt like 300 people standing there, and everyone just went quiet. Yeah. I thought, oh, no. It's nice to hear your voice, mate. It's nice to hear your voice. It's very good to hear your voice. And um, I was wondering if I could share a couple of stories on Mark, if that's all right. Oh, oh please. Geez. We need this. Geez. We need it. I was trying to get rid of him. Yeah, I heard that. Come on, mate. What's, what's your favourite? I'll be honest. I, you know, Mark has, uh, is very good to me. You know, I learned a lot from Mark and treated me a lot like a, a friend, mentor, boss, a brother. And um, and as you've mentioned prior uh, podcast, you did pay well. And... Um, I've got heaps of stories, but probably the one that kind of sticks with me the most is, um, I can't remember what year, it might have been late 90s, 99, the Sydney Callum Challenge up at, uh, I think it was... Terry Hills. Terry Hills, that's right, yeah. 
And um, you said, look, I'm not going to pay for your flight. We're down in Melbourne because I used to live with you as well. And um, you said, look, I want you to drive the beautiful red BMW up to Sydney for me because we need a hire car. So we'll just rather have my own car. They said, cool, cool. <laughs> Tell them very short. Come to Friday afternoon and we're coming down the last hole. It's a short little par four, dog leg left. And we're right on the cut line and um, I gave you the number and you hit this little pitching wedge just over the back of the green and it was just dead. I was in this big grass swallow, kind of, it was just dead. Anyway, you didn't get up and down. We missed the cut by a shot. And I remember going to the, the locker room and I was just thinking, oh, God. And I, check, I was checking, what have I done? Have I done something wrong? And I'm checking the yardage book and I've, got, I've just gone, oh, no, I've given him the wrong number. Oh, and no. This, Ball's, ball's going to the back, and you and you didn't say anything to me. You just you just looked at me, and this is like Friday afternoon. You gave me my pay for the week, and you just turned to me and said, "I'll see you Monday back in Melbourne." <laughs> you're, uh, you're a kind boss, Mark. I tell I, you, I couldn't remember that. I can, and now I do. Good on you, Drew. Great memories, mate. Great memories. No problem. Good to good to speak to you both. Hopefully, you can catch up soon. Yeah, good on you, mate. Thanks, Drew. I hope your mathematics improves, and I'll talk to you later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in golfing terms, we call that a mystery. A uh, mystery. Yeah. yeah. I, I just can't get over the fact that you said I'll fly to Sydney. You drive my car up for me. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Jeez. That's and, and Nick just said you're a good boss. I think it sounds like you might <laughs> be um, a bit of an arsehole. <laughs> I mean, mysteries can come at various. Uh, oh, stages of a golf round. That's probably the most important when you're coming down the stretch. You need to hit a good shot, and the caddy. You do everything right, and yeah. the caddy gives you a mystery. It was a good shot. Wilbur Will, only ever gave me one. A one. He gave me what one. A, what a fantastic performance! Yeah, but he gave me the wrong club. As in, I thought I had a five wood in my hand, but it was actually a three, three wood, wood, which I should have. You should have. Uh, I should have. Well, I, I just put some new ping woods in the bag, and and they kind of looked a little similar. The the two yeah. fairway woods, and I'm yeah. on a par three, and. And he's given me the number, and I've. But what happened was the five wood head cover was on the three wood, and the three wood head cover was on the five wood. Oh no! So I thought I pulled out the five wood, hit it, flushed it, yeah, straight over the back. <laughs> Bogey. <laughs> what about when you when it took off? You must have gone. Jeez, I thought that. Was, gee, that came out a little low. <laughs> 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 oh, that's funny. Anyway. Uh, by the way, the story that uh, uh, we mentioned before about uh, you and Drew's dad, yeah. that story, uh, we won't tell it now, clearly, but it's on the Couple of Blokes, Couple of Years podcast. It is a ripper. It's mm. worth checking out if you haven't heard that podcast. Go and have a listen to it. Uh, now, your song, Mark. Oh, my song. Well, I, I kind of, I, I always go back to this clip and what's his name? Someone Diaz. He plays for the New York Mets and he's a relief pitcher. And, oh, and, yes. And when he comes out, uh. when he comes out, they play this. The so trumpets are coming. Out, comes that's, out to this. Yeah, there's uh, trumpets, yeah. yeah. It takes now, a while, but it'll get it, there. It'll get there. But if I was playing, and it was my turn to, to mm. kind of come up to the tee. There it is. <laughs> just, like <laughs> wander, just wander up like this. There's a couple of videos on YouTube of that, <laughs> yeah. and it's so good. It is so good. So good. It's brilliant. The, What's his name? Someone, Jamie, is it Jamie Diaz? No. It's, no, no. It's someone like Carlos or Roberto. Someone or, Diaz. Yep. And it's his walk-on song for the New York Mets. And and uh, Timmy Trumpet, is who is the DJ, who's very famous, a bloke from Sydney, and he actually played his trumpet live at one time. Mm. And uh, anyway, That's incredible. It's very, very good. We'll actually post that video on the socials. It's very good. Yeah. Hey, you want a bit of feedback, guys? Yes, please. I do. Because we have plenty to get through. Oh. 
First of all, a comment on uh, your video, your Masterclass video, Nick, on reacting to the target, not the ball. Oh, yes. Martin has said, hey, Nick, that's awesome. I reckon this could be a game changer for me. I love your insights into executing peak golf. Fantastic. Go and get his book then. Who was that? That's uh, Martin. Martin, go get Nick's book. It's a beauty. Stacks like that. Mm. We had a lot of comments on uh, the news uh, of Jason Day not coming back for the Open. Yes. Uh, and they weren't great in terms of you know how people talked about Jason. Understandable. Uh, yeah. Uh, Immy has said he never plays here, so you should never be disappointed when he doesn't show up. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Darren has said it's not disappointing. He has consistently not returned home to support the tour. Mm. Willow has said, oh, I'm shocked. <laughs> <laughs> surprise, surprise. And, yeah, and Daniel has said... Uh, Apparently, he's playing Tiger's event. This is after he said he needed to be back yeah. home in the US. Mixed messaging much? No. Nah. Yeah. Look, it's definitely a pattern now. What do you, there's nothing we can do. No, no, absolutely. Nothing we can do. No, we just thank uh, the Adam Scotts, the Cam Smiths, and the yeah. Mark Leishmans, Min Wee Lee, for coming yeah. back each year. Correct yeah. way. We've got a fun comment here from a guy called Bill, well, it could be a lady, called Bilderbird. Bilderbird has commented on your new desk on Fox Sports. Oh, yeah. Oh. How good's our new yeah. desk? It's unbelievable. Starship Enterprise. Yeah, yeah it fantastic. is. Fantastic. Anyway, Bilderbird has said, massive desk, overcompensating much? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, the, the guys at Jam TV, they're doing an amazing job with that desk. Yeah. And, and all the little, and, and trust me, there's more little Mate, know, things coming. I'll show you, Dan. This is the top picture is what our desk looks like, and the bottom one is what it looks like on TV. Oh, yeah, okay. you, you can put that on social media oh, if you like. Be, well, yeah, go on. Put, on, to, put okay. on social. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. So that is a my, how they how on earth they do that, I'll never know. Yeah. But uh, Jam Te- TV and PGA TV, they should be congratulated. Technology. Because that is just unbelievable. Mm. Well, Peter's loving the coverage. He said, great to see coverage of local golf events like this happening on uh, on TV or appearing on TV. So. He's yeah. happy with it. He likes what you're doing. Beautiful. Well, we, saw, we, we had an unusual finish this we week. We'll talk about it soon. A bit to talk about there. Yes. We had a <laughs> caption competition this week on this photo here, guys. See that photo there? Remember that one? <laughs> <laughs> caption this. Yes. Yep. Caption this. Ginger Ninja has said, don't tell anyone, but I... This is what he thinks you're saying, yeah, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Don't tell anyone, but I really actually love Colin Montgomery. <laughs> 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 Paul Nichols at Nico Footy Twenty Two has said, "I can't believe the amateur just played the tournament leader's ball." Yeah, that mm-hmm. was hilarious. Yep. And the friendly introvert uh, has said, "I hope it's not pull my finger." <laughs> <laughs> well, very good. And uh, when we had that photo, Nick and I were in the room, so we hope it's not that too. Uh, yeah, okay. that's true. Okay. A couple of more suggestions on shots to redo, by the way. Doug Sanders, seventy-second hole of the British yep. Open at St Andrews in the seventies. Yep. 70s. yep. yep. Mike Harwood, when he uh, Warwick has said Mike Harwood when he missed a short one, might have been an Aussie Open in Melbourne. Went to twirl his putter, lost control of it, and the putter finished up hitting his ball while it was still moving. It was Mike Clayton, and it was at New South, New Wales, South Wales Golf, Golf Club, Club. and yep. I was pl- I was in the group behind, and I didn't know what was going on. I was watching, I was thinking, what just happened there? Mm. And then he he didn't get up for ages. He went down chasing the putter. Was that the day it was really windy yeah. and they ended up having a, a stoppage in play and everyone in the yeah. in the players' lounge watching it and absolutely cacking yeah. themselves yeah. watching what was going on? So, yeah. Mark, talk, talk through what happened. What, what, what? Well, he, he was um, he had the heebie-jeebies when he when he putted and he had like a I don't know it must have been a six foot it was a big curler and he left it short and he you know he's 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 got the putter in his left hand and with his left hand he's trying to get the putter you know he's going get up get up and he let the putter go. <laughs> and then the putter in midair is hurtling towards his golf ball. So he's jumped 
to try and stop the putter hitting his golf ball mid-air and then landed on the ball, landed on the putter, landed on everything. Yep. And the balls rolled and hit him, and, hit the putter. And the amazing thing was there was, there was no penalty. Was it? It was a one shot. It was, it was, it was either. It was, it, was, it was no penalty. He just put the ball back and tapped it in. But yeah. it was, you know, Google it. You just won't Very it. funny. Yep. Have you seen it? No, no. Oh, no. I'll, I'll Google it for you. Yeah, yeah, cool. Two last bits of feedback here. One from Stuart. And this is great. This is a really, really good comment. Morning, gents. On your advice, I went and had a complete putter to drive a fitting at oh. Ping in Moorabbin. Oh, oh perfect. I didn't Fantastic. Yeah, I didn't realise that I don't order the clubs from Matt there. And then he emails the specs through and you go and buy them wherever you want. Yes. Picked up driver, three wood, wedges and putter on Saturday. Loving them. Having a fitted putter is the best thing you can ever do. Mm. It is amazing. And Matt gave me some tips that are really going to help my game once I get the hang of it. Thanks, boys. I hopefully have bought a lower handicap. Mm. Yeah, that's where I went. Matt Austin at the Ping Warehouse. That is where you go. And then you can go to what? Golf Clearance Outlet? Yeah. To pick up the Pings. You betcha. So we're just uh, reading some feedback from Stu. What are you doing over there? Just we're Googling around some videos yeah, well, on, on YouTube. Yeah, I'm to show you the Mike Clayton thing. It's just, I found it. Oh, so good to hear you focused on the show, Mark. Gee. Oh, that was the Hal Irwin one. That's the Hal Irwin one. Here it is. Here's Mike Clayton. Watch this, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> it is ridiculous. Oh, that is too good. There that is. is too Get good. Up. Watch, show Get that up. to Dan. Oh. It. Here Get he goes, up. diving. <laughs> oh, that is so funny. Unbelievable. That poor bastard. Oh. It's very funny. Um, final one. This is a question here. Uh, this is from Trev. Love the podcast. Can't wait for it to drop every week. A few years ago, I was caddying at Lake Karanyup, and I had the opportunity to watch Nick warm up on the range. Ooh. Nick, you did a baseball-style Happy Gilmore step into the ball at the beginning of your range session. Yes. And I use that same technique to this day. Maybe you could uh, tell me why you did it or you still do it. Thanks. Trev from Perth. Hmm. Well, usually what I do is I line three to five balls up in a row diagonally away from me, about mm -hmm. a foot apart, and I hit each ball and I step into each one without the club stopping. So I'm basically right. swinging shot after shot. There's no pause in between, and I step out after the ball. Or just back, forth, back, back and forth. Back and yeah. forth. Yeah, I'm okay. walking out after each shot into the ball, kind of like Happy Gilmore style. I think that's what Trevor's probably talking about. And uh, the reason I do it is, number one, it's great for your hand-eye coordination if you can hit everyone solid and airborne. Sometimes you don't, but that's okay. And number two, you get warm really quickly because five swings in a row yeah, I guess. without stopping, it gets the heart rate going. So I use it actually as a very quick warm-up drill. For instance, if I've only got five minutes before I've got to go to the tee and I just need to hit a few balls, I do that a couple of times. The heart rate's going, mm. the swing's going. If I can time it each time, I know my uh, hand eye's working pretty well and off we go. It's almost a masterclass, really. It, it is. Yeah. Actually, thinking of that uh, masterclass, I'm not going to do it this week because I tweaked my back uh, earlier in the week. I might do it on my next masterclass. That'll be a good one for the oh, following yeah, I one, thought you were so. going to say you're not going to go outside because it's too cold. <laughs> no, <laughs> no I, I don't mind playing uh, in, in bad weather, Mark, unlike some people. Unlike, so. Was it FWG over there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Come on. All right. Moving. Ping global results. Here we go. We had the win by Minji Lee at the LPGA BMW Ladies Championship. Yeah. Amongst the other Aussies and Australasians, Lydia Ko finished third. Very good for Fantastic. her. She hasn't had the best of seasons, but no. that's a good result. Hannah Green tied for 22nd. Good. Grace Kim tied for 34th best amongst the Aussies. Um, and, and I saw that she won 330000 US dollars too, Minji. 
It's good cash. That'll go nicely that into the bank account. Thank cash. you very much. And Steph Kiriaki, she finished way down. Kiriaki, uh, tied 41st, she was. 10,000 41st, yep. US. So it's good good money in the women's now. Yeah, and Sarah Kemp uh, tied for 59th. Now, Live Miami, as we mentioned, uh, the Crushers won. Mm. $14 million went to the team. Now, here's an interesting thing what's around a, this. Between four players? Before, yeah, so you would think, what's that, uh, $3.5 million yeah, each? Something like that. However, they've changed the way they split the money now. 60% of that $14 million goes into, in quotes, team operations. What, caddies? Oh, I don't know what that means. It goes that back into the team. Goes back to the team. As far as maybe that goes back to the... I don't know, whoever's, whoever's running each team. Whoever's looking after the crushers. Basically, yes, exactly. And then each player gets 10%, so they each get $1.4 million each, the players. Well, it so it's it still nice. It's still, it doesn't stink or anything. No. But, I but thought they all got $3.5 million each. But, I assumed that yeah. was the case. So anyway, um, okay. so the crushers won. The range goats were second, talk third, fourth for the four aces. And Ripper, yep. unfortunately, we were down the list a little uh, tied for ninth. Matt Jones carried the team in that final yeah. round, shot a nice six under 66 around... Uh, the Blue Monster in ninth, the Doral. Ninth, ninth is actually a good finish for the Rippers, the way they've been going. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a tough year. Yeah, Cam Smith has done a lot of the hard lifting there. Uh, unfortunately, Jed Morgan's going to miss out yeah. uh, on going through to next year. But that's okay. Um, on the Champions Tour, as you mentioned earlier, Mark, uh, Richard Green almost so almost close. went back-to-back Aussie victories because yep. we had Rod Pampling last week. Can I tell you what happened? He was playing with uh, Miguel Jimenez. Um, and Miguel had this right-to-left putt before Greenies. This is on the 18th? On the, uh, the 72nd hole. So if he birdies the final hole, yep. he wins, right? And Miguel missed it, and it dove way left, mm. this putt. Now, Greenies saw it, and I reckon his six-footer, he was just in two minds, he hit a beautiful putt. Okay. It was a really good putt, but he could see why Miguel's missed, because right. it just dove so far left. So to me... It's a little bit unlucky. That influenced Green him Dodge. a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's the second event of the Charles Schwab Cup playoffs. Uh, the top 54 now move into the final event. Mm. Steve Strick has already won the mm. Charles Schwab Cup. He's so far in front mm. of everyone else. But uh, all the Aussies go through except uh, David McKenzie. He finished 56. Oh. So he misses out by two spots. But he's all right for next year, though. Oh, he's... Yeah. Um, he was gold the play. Was I, it? Well, it's top 50, I think, uh, I thought fully top, exempt. Actually, I thought I heard them say top 54. Oh, okay. It's a weird number. Well, maybe he just misses out by a couple then. Oh, so no. Anyway, that was a tough one. Uh, PGA Tour, they had the Zozo Championship in Japan where mm. Colin Morikawa uh, yep. won by six shots yeah. from Eric Cole and Bo Hostler. Uh, he won, that's his first win in two years. So his first five victories came within the first two years of his career and it took him another two years to win his sixth victory. Yeah, so okay. good to see him back in it. Earlier in the, w- in the week, he actually ate at a famous Japanese restaurant. I can't remember what it was called, but... 97-year-old owner made him sushi, so maybe oh, that had something me. to do with it. I don't know. It was pretty special sushi, I would say. How good did the golf course look on TV? I watched it because we were I only saw just a little bit of it. We were up against it mm. with the um, uh, Tournament Players Series South Australian event. The of WebEx course, Players yeah, Series. Yeah, we, we dominated the ratings on Saturday and Sunday. Of course we did. But I did get to see a little bit of the golf on Thursday and Friday, and that golf course looked amazing. Yeah, in Japan. Two, every, every hole had two greens. Yes, they winter have a winter greens, and a summer a green. winter green and a yeah, summer green, yeah. yeah. Amongst the Aussies, Minwoo Lee was best, tied sixth. So we almost had mm. a, a brother-sister yeah. uh, winning on the same weeks. Now, that would create That's a lot of history. Enormous. Cam Davis tied for 12th. Aaron Badley tied for 21st. And Adam Scott, 41st. Uh, the Andaluthia Masters at uh, Sotogrande. Jeez. 
in you South Spain. Got, you ripped those off, okay? <laughs> That's okay. No, I haven't had my Rioja yet. <laughs> Maybe a bit later. But uh, Adrian Moronk. Um, Australian Open champ. Missed out on the Ryder Cup. He's there to prove a point. Shot a final round 66. I think he has proved his point. Oh, I think he very much has. Yeah. So he has this. He was plus two through five holes. Yeah. Makes an eagle on six. Holes out a wedge on nine. Another eagle. Yeah. Two eagles in Four yeah, holes. Four holes. Unbelievable. Makes, and then yeah. rips off another four birdies on the back nine to beat uh, German Matt Schmidt. Wow. Australasians, we had Daniel Hillier, New Zealander, tied for 19th, and Ryan Fox tied for 52nd. Jason Scribner, unfortunately, had a bit of a shock of the last day. Shot 79. That's tied not for 59th. like him. That's no, not like him. He's a metronome, that guy, so it was mm. very unusual for him. And then on the local front, we had, as you mentioned, WebEx Players Series South Australia, where Austin Batista shot 29 on the back nine to charge through the field and defeat, uh, it was Andrew Campbell yeah. and Corey Lamb, who yeah. we were so impressed with Corey. Loved Corey's game. Mm. Uh, Unfortunate finish for him. Yeah, he had a, he had a tough finish. So what, he bogeyed 15, he three-putted three 17, 17. for par. And then um, uh, had it within, what, 60 yards of the last green and made a bogey. Made a bogey as well. So uh, it was a disappointing finish for him. Austin Batista was an unusual way of celebrating. Well, we don't see that sort of brashness <laughs> in Australian golf too often. Yeah. Well, he has an American father, uh, Australian mum has grown up in both yeah. countries, obviously. So maybe a little bit of America rubbing off. They, they love that yeah. confidence and that yeah. being very uh, forthright or forthcoming. Yeah. But um, yeah, the way he celebrated the old ice in the veins, because he veins. gave a couple of couple of fist pumps towards the end and one of them we thought oh he's, he's, he's actually hurt himself. Hurt, he's hurt himself but apparently he was, he was pointing to his veins <laughs> yes. talking about how much ice is in there because yeah. he's so he's a cold-blooded killer cold I guess you would killer, say yeah. so um yeah I think, I think the you know the ice in the veins no worries once yeah it's okay twice three times I'm starting to squirm <laughs> in my chair but when he said it the fifth or the sixth time I, 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 he'd lost me a little bit. Now, I don't want that to be, uh, you know, an old commentator trying to teach a kid a new trick, but I think it was a little bit too much. Just a little bit too much. It's a cultural thing as much as anything, isn't it? Because like, if you're an Aussie, you, you just wouldn't do that. No. Unless you're Anthony Mardine, who's a bit of a tool bag. No. But, <laughs> but yeah. an American, like in America, they they do celebrate that yep. sort of over the oh, top. Oh, they do. Yep. Yeah. And that's one of the great things about in America is is they, they love to boost the ego and, and really that confidence is there and you don't think very negatively mm. on the outside anyway. I'm mm. sure they do internally, but... We don't do it as much outwardly here, yep. obviously, in Australia. So it was a little little uh, interesting to see, but um, but it was a great win for him. Um, Six under the last ten holes yes, correct. Uh, for Austin Batista. It was very, very, mm. very good golf. And your number one draft pick played well as well, Joshua Greer. Yeah. If you were going to have a draft, yeah, he'd be your number one, you said. He's my number one draft pick if I'm looking at all the players. If I'm looking at everyone, everyone there who played the first three weeks that we've been commentating... If I had to pick my team mm. um, for the future, for the next 10 years, he's my number one draft pick. Comfortably. Okay. Comfortably. You? So this is the team for the PGA Tour? That yeah. <laughs> it's a team to take on. Live oh, there. for sure. He, he's right up there. Uh, Connor McKinney, another West yeah, Australian, yeah. certainly there as well. And uh, I really like the look of this Corey Lamb. Um, we, we, we broke down his swing. It swings a bit like Ryan Fox, but his putting stroke. It is oh. so John Daly-ish. I mean, it is a replica. Once it's incredible. Once you picked that up, I couldn't get it out of oh, my no. head. 
I, lo- I love a wristy stroke. Yeah. I, I love a wristy long stroke. It was just beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. It was great to watch. Just a shame he didn't finish it off, but he'll learn from it and go from there. And the uh, best female was uh, Robin Choi because it was a men's and a, and a women's event. She finished tied for 19th. And that is your Ping Global results. All right, it is time for the top five. Are you ready to get duffed? Did you pump up Corey enough? I pumped up Corey <laughs> enough because I know what this top five is going to be about. Because unfortunately on the 15th hole, Corey teed up a two iron and he only hit it 100 metres because it was a duff. He duffed He duffed a shot, which got us all thinking the top five duffs in the history <laughs> of professional golf. All right. I reckon we're going to get some interesting feedback on this one. <laughs> all right, so... I, I, I threw this one in late, but I think it's worthy. Mm-hmm. It was in a British Open. It was the British Open that Ben Curtis won. Thomas Bjorn had this tournament by the scruff of the neck, and he duffed not one, not two, but three shots in a bunker. Yeah, I played that year. That yeah. was at Royal St. George's. Was, was it thick sand at least? Can it you was tell me very that? heavy sand, uh, and he, he basically complained that he, yeah. he said he hit good shots, but after the first one, you know it's heavy sand. You know it's Give heavy it some sand. more, and he ended up making a six or a seven on a par three, <laughs> handed the tournament to Mr. Anyway, Curtis. So, Thomas Bjorn, you're my number five for duffs. Now, <laughs> now we get to the serious stuff. Uh, Augusta, the 12th hole. There's been some rip-roaring double-figure scores on this one, but none better than Jordan Spieth. And, mm. and the time where he almost duffed it so badly it didn't make the water. Duff that. What? One of them. Well, he had the tournament by the scruff of his neck. And he went all the way back and he hit it. Like, it, it went in the front edge of the water. Mm. That, that was think, a duff I've never I think that was the year of. Danny Willett one. Yeah, that, that is right. I think it was, Yeah, yes. that, is, that is correct. Um 1995, the Open champion. Yes. Uh, we've mentioned John Daly. He went on the win, and he beat Constantina Rocca. Now, Constantina Rocca hold one of the greatest log putts we've ever seen from the Valley of Sin, but the duff to get into the Valley of Sin <laughs> was something to yeah. behold. And when you hit a duff of that magnitude off wow. tight grass, that is a massive duff. Oh. I mean, soft grass, you can sort of... Yeah. Anyway. Ryder Cups, full of pressure. Mm. Pressure. Like no other tournament. Oh. Uh, but Hunter Mayhan had a very simple oh, chip. Yes. A very simple chip. And he almost put the divot on top of the ball. He hit it that fat. It was a horrible, horrible moment. And unfortunately, we've never seen Hunter Mayhan again. Mm. That was the end of Hunter Mayhan. It was a tough one. He, now, actually, he commentated, I think... Well, did he commentate at the recent Ryder Cup or yeah, somewhere? And he was very good. Yeah. Very good commentator. Yeah. Um, and my number one. Now, this is a personal one. Not many people have seen this. I've got some theme music for it. Oh, yes. Oh. Yeah, good. Duffman. <laughs> 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 I love it. What's his Ferris Bueller's day off? No, no, it's uh, the Duffman theme from The Simpsons. Oh, the Duffman, okay. Okay. Duffman, the the beer, beer, Duff beer. I love it. (laughs) That was very underwhelming, wasn't it, really? Yeah, I'm glad glad we went to so much effort. Ferris Bueller's day off. Okay, (laughs) number one, Mark. So the number one, I was just a young man, a little boy, and I went to Kingston Heath to watch Nick Feldo play, Sir Nick, and he was uh, coming down his ninth hole, which was the 18th, uh, which was, excuse me, was the 6th, um, 
And I was right behind him on a really windy day. Perfect lie. Got his three wood and hit a cold top. It only went 100 metres. It was a shot that was supposed to go 220 <laughs> metres. It only went 100 metres. Hang on. You're in the wrong top five here, Mark. That's uh, That was a cold top. We wanted a yeah, well, fat. It's a duff. A duff. Oh, it's okay. a duff. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean. Fair call. It's okay. a duff. Okay, and this week's masterclass is not how to avoid the duff. Don't worry. So, <laughs> no, we, we watched it a bit uh, in the golf over the weekend at the tournament in South Australia, and it's it's a putting one, this one. And what you'll notice, and we've spoken about this before, uh, I think Jonathan Yarwood put it on Twitter a little while ago, is when you set your putter down behind the ball, mm. put, it, put your right hand on only first. Yes. You can put your left hand on your on your thigh there as well. A couple of notable people who do it are Cam Smith. Greg Norman used yes. to do this back in the day. He'd have practice swings next to the ball. Then he'd put the putter in behind the ball, just with his right hand yep. only. The right hand only, it really helps you square the putter face to the hole. That way you know exactly where you're aiming. Whereas if you shift in there with two hands, you can sort of move it about a bit too much. Whereas yep. you set it down with one hand, you know exactly where you're aiming. I watched Minji Lee over the weekend as well. She does the same yep. thing. All the best putters or most of the best putters in the world do that. So set the putter, bl- the putter blade behind the ball just with the right hand only. It gives that nice feeling of the square putter face to the palm of your right hand going through to the ball. Make a stroke from there and I guarantee you, if you do miss the putt, you need to work on your green reading. It is one of these. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the simplest yet one of the best tips mm. you'll ever hear, folks. So take that one seriously. Indeed. It, it is a beauty. Always great to catch up. Let's hope we don't lose another public golf course next week. Mm. And I'll talk to you then. All right. Cheers, Mark. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for listening to Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen's podcast, Talk Birdie to Me. And if you're looking for some new gear, Ping is absolute top class. Ping help you play your best. Contact your local golf shop or professional and they'll sort you out. And the Golf Clearance Outlet, who beat everyone's prices. They're in Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane and Perth and online at golfclearanceoutlet.com.au. Got a favour to ask? Wherever you listen, if you get a chance to rate and review the pod, that would be fantastic. And if you subscribe, you'll never miss an episode. Talk Birdie Simi's executive producer is Dan Bradley at Kaizen Media, and sound design is by Daryl Misson at loudzebra.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.